Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So I'm completely honored. I'm completely honored to have Becca Stevens joining me. And not only are you joining me, it's at eight o'clock at night, which is super awesome of you to come on my podcast so late at night. Thank you so much for joining me. You're an author. You're an Episcopalian priest. You've written 12 books. Am I missing one? I think some of them are pamphlets. You've written so many books that are all so incredible. I mean, you have three kids. You have an incredible husband who's a... Grammy-winning songwriter, Marcus. I mean, you are just so incredible, and you bless this world so much, and so does your family. So thank you so much for joining me. Well, listen, I'm really happy you asked me. I have been a fan for a long time. I love you and your family and your baby and all your friends and everybody in the band. So it's kind of fun just to get a chance to really just talk to you. That's how I think about this is like, you know, we're getting to be friends. I feel the same way because I admire you so much. And I am, I like already feel like you're my friend just because I love everything that you are, but I've never really gotten to like chat it up for a long time. So let's chat it up. Let's chat it up deep and let's chat <laughs> it real and do your whole thing that you do. I'm ready. Okay. Well, I appreciate that because I guess I want to start with, I have been, loving how you have been ranting on your Instagram because sometimes I didn't even really know what ranting meant to be honest with you. And I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know it was something I could allow myself to do. I didn't know that, um, I guess like you just seeing you kind of like rant out your feelings about what's going on in this time. It made me have some confidence to express my feelings because I, always count my blessings, but it's, right now is just such a heavy time in life and I'm struggling with the heaviness of it. And so I would just love to talk to you about your thoughts on it and how you started ranting. Well, I think you can count your blessings and rant. I love that. You know, for sure that we can do both of those at the same time. So I'm not saying don't count your blessings. I'm not saying like don't strive for that peace that passes understanding 
which I think means peace in pandemic, peace in, peace in protest, peace in um, economic uncertainty, all of those things. I'm not saying don't strive for that, but in the midst of that, we have the freedom and the gift and the humanity to rant. And I've, in my mind, what, so I've been ordained for 29 years. I've been wow. ordained forever. Most of my life I've been ordained, it feels like. And I realized in the midst of the pandemic that ranting is very similar to lamenting, that this, it's this old cry that rises in us. And it's like, I don't want anybody to answer. I don't want anybody to tell me the um, way to fix it because there's things that we cannot fix right now. Um, you know, and I want to be free to say to these things that are rising in me to express them. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not trying to be um, anything but to say that stuff is in us and there's got to be a safe place for me to say it. One of my favorite things I was ranting about was one of my kids who I'm now homeschool colleging, which I never planned on. It's very hard because you say, you know, you spend all that money on college and now you get to do it at home. Oh my gosh. If you don't rant about that, you're not alive. <laughs> and, you know, I was ranting about this ridiculous 20 year old boy. And my husband then told my son, like, snap, you know, do better. And then I got mad at my husband because I'm like, he's having a really hard time. He's out of college, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what is going on? I'm like, I think I just want you to be the recipient of my rant. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I don't want people to fix it. I don't, I just want to be able to have a place to be able to say, this is very, um, it's sad. It's, you know, it's um, heartbreaking. It's political. It's racial. It's, um, oppressive. It's exciting. It's all of those things wrapped up into one thing. And it's, it's a lot. So I have been struggling also with, I like, I would love to know your approach to dealing with this because especially since I've become a new mom, I am just like a wreck about the kids. Like all, like I, don't, I get choked up now like, all the stuff going out there with the kids, you know, it's just like, how do you process that? And I know you've spent so much of your life helping women who have been survivors of trafficking and who have been survivors of prostitution and all sorts of stuff. And I know you've even written, I think, a book about this. Um, and I just want to know, how do we deal with this? Because there, when, there, when there's so much, like, evil that we can see, but it's happening, like, how do we still exist with love and light in the world when we feel so heavy, you know? I love that you have a heart that weeps for children. Oh, it just kills me. What's the part that's breaking you up the most? Um, sorry. I see Sunny in her innocence. And I think about a child who's their innocence taken and it just kills me because they're so innocent. You know, it is very hard. And, you know, I mean, I'm sorry I'm crying. I hate I hate it when people cry because it's not. You know, my... what? you know what? I was just on the phone with Kelly Clarkson today. Just <laughs> and we were talking about the idea that our tears are made of oceans. You know, 
there's an ocean in there and it's really good to tap into it. And that's part of the rant too, is to tap into that ocean that's in us. So there's a reason there's saltwater tears and saltwater sweat. And it's something bigger than us. So I say lean into it and say, I'm a part of something really big and it's called compassion. And the, pand the pandemic is global, but so is compassion. And yeah. so go for it, lean into it. And, you know, I've had a day, this has been a day where um, I've talked to a family where, um, you know, a friend of not a, uh, one of the women from Thistle Farm's brother committed suicide today. There's plenty to weep about. We have, um, you know, we have, there's so much sadness and injustice. And I think if you don't find a place to weep, you aren't paying attention. And I think it's great. We are doing all kinds of stuff about, you know, whatever the challenge, empower her. I love all that kind of stuff. But I also say like, I do not want us to be afraid to lean into the pain of this. Whether it's the fact that the whole freaking country right now is saying, I can't breathe. I know. I can't breathe. I can't breathe behind the masks. I can't breathe behind what's happening with George Floyd and all the injustice. I can't breathe. I know. And like, what do we do? To me, it feels so big and so everywhere and it's everything. And like, I, I just like, how do we move through this? Because it's all out, you know, it's all exposed and like, it's gross. It's dirty. It's ugly. And I know there is love and light. Cause I know it like you're love and light and I'm surrounded by so many people who are love and light, but it's, the ugliness is still all there. How do we deal with it? I do have some thoughts. Can I okay. give them what I've been I would love them. In the middle of my ranting, what my <laughs> thoughts are. One is humor. One is like, I have got to keep my freaking humor. If I don't keep it, I'm going to go crazy. So I've been imagining like families in the pandemics, like the Black Plague. And they didn't have the internet and they didn't have any of that. And they still had their kids and they were hiding in their house and they didn't have you know, like, um, I see you beds. And I was trying to imagine the families and I started thinking about how they started writing songs like Ring Around the Rosy, Pocket Full of Posy, you know, and they wrote these children's songs about death. And I'm like, those are some strong women and families that were doing that stuff. It's like, okay, I can do that too. I can do that. The other thing I've been thinking about, which I think is really powerful in this pandemic and of all the people that, um, shouldn't feel disempowered. You are high, high on that list, my friend, because we are so aware of how powerful social media is, how fast things spread, how joy spreads, how all of that happens. And you are doing it. So you should, I just want to say that's huge. And the last thing, what this pandemic has taught me more than anything else is that small is really beautiful. I love that. That's comforting because sometimes you feel like you have to figure out how to fix everything. And it's like, and then you just want to crawl in a hole and die. You know, we started front porch pantry. So when the pandemic started, I was in um, an asylum seekers camp in Mexico. They closed it. We got sent home. It was like March 12th or something. And I flew home and my whole world went like this. Like I'm supposed, I've missed trips to Peru, Australia, Rwanda, anywhere, Canada, just places that have been 
you know, opening these homes for women who are survivors of trafficking, addiction, prostitution, who are doing great social enterprise stuff. My whole world shut down in a beautiful, right way. Um, so we started this thing called Front Porch Pantry, and we thought we're just going to deliver food to all the women of Thistle Farms, the graduates, their families, people who are health compromised, who are losing their jobs like that. And you would deliver a pineapple to somebody, and they would start crying. They were so happy. Wow. It's like, when in my life have I ever been a part of something where somebody receives a pineapple and says, like, oh, my gosh, I'm not forgotten. You love me. Wow. So I think it was a, for me, it's been a lesson of, like, you really, 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 really need to remember that anything you do that's reaching out to another person, comment on their photo in a positive way. <laughs> um, send somebody a card. Write a story about healing. Anything like that. It's a positive thing, and that's the small is so beautiful. That's a great, great reminder. And that really, that, that comforts me a lot to hear that. Thank you. Well, I would say that besides humor, small is beautiful, and the power of social media, the last thing that I think has really saved me is anything that you and I are doing that feels creative. Yeah. Haven't you felt that? Like whether, like, in addition to ranting, by the way, which I don't want to get too far away from, because I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over all of that stuff. But I'm saying, you know, how fast the whole country went to women who know how to sew to make masks. Like anything we do that's creative, like anybody that knows how to make hand sanitizer, they're the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we that. But it's like. For me, it's been like creative food cooking for this eight people that have quarantined with me for months. It is creativity in things that I'm making or ways that I'm living. I mean, I've never had a cleaned out closet feel better. Yeah. Anything like that to me feels like it's it's a gift. And it's not a distraction. It's saying... I'm going to care about something in the midst of it. Yeah. How have you, what have been your, you know, they say there's like the, I don't know how many stages of grief or whatever. Like you have all these phases you go through. What have been your phases of COVID-19? Like what have you, what has been your spectrum? So my spectrum, um, it goes, it's, it's not, and I've never found grief to be like, you know, people want you to have the five stages of grief. Like you go through it in order. Yeah. And I've never done that for my whole life. I've never done it. So my life really began with grief. I mean, my first memory is my father being killed by a drunk driver when I was five. Were you in the car? I wasn't in the car. I was at home, right at home with my mom. She was, it was her 35th birthday. Wow. On her birthday. And I just, um, but I'm saying, like, it wasn't like as a child you go through, like, <laughs> you know, like, well, now I'm going through denial. Now I'm anger. Now I'm acceptance. It's like you go out and play, and then everything falls apart, and then you go superhero, and then, it, you know, it, it's just not like that. And plus, on the heels of that, we were kind of thrown into a lot of other chaos. But all of that to say, my stages of the pandemic seem cyclical like the way I see it it's almost like not like 
this beautiful path, but it's like a spiral. If you can think of it like a spiral. So I have moments of like, okay, peace that passes understanding, rant, fear, anger, overwhelming joy. Fear, anger, rant of that overwhelming joy. But we're getting through it, right? So it's these spaces of freedom within that spiral that I cherish. And I also, though, honor all of those stages that I continue to go back through. So it could be, um, you know, recently, you know, I've, we have pivoted so much at Thistle Farms, I'm dizzy. Really? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, we've pivoted. I can't even think about how many times already we've pivoted. What have have you had to pivot? Oh, like we closed down, opened up, closed down, opened up, closed down, opened up. (laughs) Right, Right now, so we have four justice enterprises at Thistle Farms. We have our online sales of bath and body care products. We have a retail store over on Charlotte. We have a cafe. We have a national network. We have global partners, 36 global partners, all of that stuff. And parts of it can stay open because we're considered essential. Parts of it have to do with the stages that you're in Mm. with COVID. But this week, um, so we were up to almost, what is it, stage three in Nashville or two and a half or whatever it was. But then COVID came into our community. So we're completely now shut down again. This is now July. So we're shut down for two weeks. And we were just just getting back to where we weren't losing thousands of dollars a week. And you go, okay, here we go again. And I think, you know, obviously there's great lessons in it, obviously, but it's also, it just sucks. It sucks. It sucks. I know. And like, the, it just sucks. <laughs> That's my theological word. It sucks. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks because everyone is suffering. It's I guess it's like the first time that I have like had full awareness that like truly everyone is being affected by something. Like people are at their own different stages of life and careers and circumstances. But like this is just such a universal wipeout that it's like everyone is affected. And like the just to see the economy crash down like this. And everybody's struggling to keep their businesses afloat. And I'm like, what? Here's the other things that are driving me crazy. How about, how about politicizing a pandemic? I know. And then it's like, what are we, what's even happening? Then my mind, like everything that I was trying to like have solid ground with before, I don't even, nothing is there. So it's like, is God doing this? Our only option is God. (laughs) Exactly. And each other. Like yeah. we have to depend on each other. We have to go back to some of the basic stuff, which is like, I agree with you. It's like, we have to count on each other, community, love, community, love, like get back to that. And I mean, for me at least, it's like, I don't want the fact of whether or not I'm wearing a mask to be a political statement. That is ridiculous. Yes. Yes. I don't want the fact that whether my kids go to school to be a political statement. I want it to be about their health, period. Mm-hmm. I don't want whether or not I worship in church to be some indictment about how liberal or conservative my worshiping community is. I want it to be about the community and the health and like, like you, 
said right at the beginning of this about the health of our children. That's the thing. So what do we do to love the whole world? How do we do it? You know, and what's the safest thing? And then let's just all do it and do it together and get through it. And this back and forth and this um, continuing um, politicizing of health issues, I'm done with it. Uh, for all sides, by the way. Yeah. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. You know, my hope as we go through this, especially for you as a new mom, especially for you, that you go back to the most basic things that you know that will raise a child in love and hope in the midst of it. Because what I know is, you know, you know that old yoga expression, root to rise? Mm-hmm. And I think right now people are out there like searching for something new. Like I have to find something new. I'll go to this, you know, we'll have a new challenge on social media. We'll do this. And it's like, stop, you know, this is the time to root as deep as we can into what we know the most so that we can rise from this in a beautiful and powerful way. One of my latest rants that I just started working on is about stop empowering people. Stop saying the word empower ever, 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 ever. Because it's making me crazy, the idea that somebody's going to empower somebody else. Because already I feel like it's saying, like, I have power and I'm going to give you a little bit. I'm not going to give you as much as I have, but I'm going to give you a little bit. Instead of recognizing the power that we have, we have power. I just, I mean, I had an interview with somebody that was wanting to do some marketing stuff for us. And they said their whole goal was to, give the women of Thistle Farms a voice and empower them. And I was like, I don't know about that because the women of Thistle Farms, they're the women that created this multi-million dollar a year company and they're offering you a job. So I'm not sure you would be empowering them. Like, 
Yeah, it shows that like someone's lesser than someone else or not as like whole as someone else. The idea of recognizing someone else's power, but also recognizing your power and going deep and saying, this is what I believe. This is what I long for and live for for my life. I think that that has been, at least for me, the only way through this. That in the woods. I have to go to the woods all the time. The trees love a rant. They do? Mm-hmm. How, what is that like? What is that like being in the woods and ranting? Like, what do you mean a trees love a rant? I'd love to hear okay, it. So you probably have to take Sunny everywhere you go, right? So you can't go by yourself. Yeah. When when you have older children, you can go back to the woods by yourself. And if you walk like six and seven miles um, um, in 100 degrees, which is what my favorite thing is, I like it to be really hot and walk because there's not that many people out there. Um, and things come up, you know, like you're sitting in a bathroom squatting, doing a podcast, and all of a sudden you have this, empathy for children and it comes up Mm -hmm. now take that and multiply it by 10 you're in the woods and you're thinking about your beautiful family and you know the state of our country and the suffering in the world and it comes up and I find um having it come up next to a hundred year old oak Wow. You can have a relationship with a hundred-year-old oak tree. <laughs> what that tree has seen and what that tree has been through. Yes. Like what has happened in that exact spot over yes. the past hundred years? <laughs> yes. Know? That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that oak tree, there's some of that are 150, 200 years old. If you look in the parks in Nashville, at least, and some of them are overlooking old slave burial grounds. There's 150 graves of slaves that were buried in Percy Warner Park. Imagine what those trees have seen. Wow. And it's like, that's a good place to go weep, girl. That is a good place to go weep. And you feel like it's accepted because they're like, they've seen it all. They know, and they've stood strong through it, steady. Drought and flood, they're there. Yeah. Wow. That's really, that's really special. I love that. I'm going to find a way to do that. I'll go with you six feet apart. Oh, I would love to do that. That would be amazing. I'll carry your baby. Man, you know what? I've been thinking I am entering my 37th year on Thursday and I feel like I need some sort of cleansing, like spiritual cleansing, because I feel so connected to God. Like I feel so in tune with God. I actually had a dream the first time in my life I've ever had a dream. My grandfather just passed away and I was super close to them. And he came back to me in a dream and like, it was so vivid and so real. And I have never experienced anything like that. And in my mind, I'm like, I get, I feel like I have a communication with him. Is that crazy? No, I think it happens all the time. It does. Yeah. I mean, think about you dreamed about your baby before your baby came. Mm -hmm. I think about that, like the difference between like, you know, there's that much between you and your baby before it's born, but it's that thin veil. Like 
you haven't held your baby in the same way or heard its breath or any of that. And I feel like in death, it's probably about like that too. It's about that yes. thing. And I always have just been so grateful in the people I have grieved that I pray for signs and wait for dreams. Really? I so you get them. it in oh, dreams. It's too much to ask that in a podcast. I'll, I'll share it because this is my dream. And so anyone can interpret how they want to. I'm not saying it's a fact or whatever, but it, it exposed, it said something to me that I have never ever thought of before. And then I was, let's hear it. So my grandfather came back and he was a very scientific man and he was so smart and so well read and like, so he would sit and philosophize with the preacher and then he would go sit and talk to someone who is only scientific and he just was an inquisitive mind. He wanted to know all the sides of everything and he was just, he wasn't just curious, he was like studied in it also. And so he came back and I was at a restaurant and I was like walking into the bathroom and it was like a busy restaurant. He was like standing outside and he was like in slacks and he looked so nice and he was so handsome. And he was like him in his late sixties. Like he just looked good and like vibrant and like he was himself how I remembered him. And he was like, Hey baby, how he always says. And I was like, Oh my God, what are you doing here? I was like, you're not supposed to be here. Like you died. And he was like, he's like, it's not what you think. And I was like, what? He's like, it's not what you think. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, it's not, I don't know exactly what I said, but he's like, what this next level is, is in a way, like picture your life as like a wake, like, you know, like a water has like a wake and like, it can be a tiny wake. It can be a big wake, but like, it's like the trail of you, whatever you have like trudged through in your life, your life is awake and whatever you have done in this life, this earthly life that you knew to be wrong, sinful, harmful, hurtful, all of that, um, you are not punished for, you are not like in trouble for, but you have to, you are completely held accountable for it. So, and it's like everyone can see everything that everyone has done. It's like, it, but no one's judging you. You're not in trouble. It's not good or bad, but it's like you can see someone. And it's almost like there's just a movie screen playing of their whole life of all the things they're being held accountable, accountable for that they have to make right. And I don't know how you make it right in this next level, but you are doing the work to make right what you did wrong knowingly in this life. And I was like, oh my God, that kind of actually makes sense to me because I was like, I didn't, it doesn't make sense to me to live this whole life and then you can just wake up and go to heaven and like this life is like gone. Or you live this whole life and then you just wake up and go to hell and it's like all your good parts are just gone too. It's like, I feel like this life has to mean something. Like, you know, in a way, like why are we doing this life? Like it's never really quite made sense to me. And that kind of made sense to me. I mean, I have no idea what that means, but there it is. <laughs> I love that you just ran into him randomly too. Yeah. Like he wasn't looking for you just like, hey, I didn't know you were here. I thought you were dead. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? I think what I think it's a sign of, can I tell you, to be I honest? I love. Yeah, I think it means you loved him. I did very much. He was one of my favorite people. That's what I think it means. I think it means that you really loved him and that you see him in meaning and depth and he's helping you figure out in the path. I don't think, it, I don't think dreams are a prediction of like what it is. 
but I do think it's a sign of um, that you're making your way and you're making your path and he's a light for that. That's what I hear it as. I don't think it's, I never think of dreams as like an explanation of like, Oh my gosh, there it is. Right. Right. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is a person that I have loved and has visited me and is showing me the next step for what is meaning and deep and light in my life. That's how I would take it. I love that dream. I love it. What's been a dream that you've had that's really impacted you? Oh my gosh, I've had so many. Um, I can, so many, and you know, and I don't want to go and bore anybody with them, but I did have a dream one time after my mom died. So my dad died when he was very young, and then my mom died before I even had all my babies. And um, she was a great single mom, and then she died of Jakob's Creutzfeldt, which was mad cow disease. So it was a wow. horrible death. Anyway, she, um, after she died, I dreamed she was on a boat. I was in Africa. She was on a boat. It was like a canoe. And she was with this amazingly good-looking, like, African prince, like, with the leopard print and all that. And he was, like, rowing this boat. And I saw her the same way as, like, your grandfather. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? And she looks beautiful. And she was like, she goes, I'm really happy. Wow. I'm really happy. And it, she didn't explain life to me, but I was like, I knew in my head, it was like, you know, she's on a different journey than me, <laughs> but it was like, it was, I loved my mama. And that was, and when, after my sister died, I had similar dreams of this idea that somebody comes back or somebody waits for you to tell you something. And when that happens, just to get to see them is the gift. Yeah. You get to like, you know, have an encounter with them is the biggest gift. So I think that's a beautiful thing. One of the things I was thinking about when you were talking that I want to make sure that, um, that we just hit on at some point in this talk is that in the midst of the grief, in the midst of the rants, you know, you were talking about, um, I do this gratitude list or I have this piece. And I think what I want to just at some point in your, I'd like to hear what you say, but I also would like to talk a little bit about how all that lives together in this thing we call life and motherhood and family and career, like how we, how we pull all these things together. Cause I think balance is a freaking illusion but how do we pull those pieces of us so we don't feel scattered? Yes. Yes. What do you think? Well, what do you think? I'm not really doing a great job of it right now. <laughs> I feel scattered. I you feel do. I feel scattered. I feel super. Um, I know I'm a super empathetic person, but it's not working to my advantage right now. Like I'm feeling too much and it's making me ineffective because like I learned about something else that's happening. That's awful to, that people are doing to other people or, or people are doing to innocent things. And I just like, it's the way I think I just really struggle with, and I am not some perfect person. Believe me, I have done so many things that are wrong and terrible and I'm not at all saying that. But I really struggle with the abuse of innocence. Like, that really breaks my heart in any area. And, like, having a daughter has just made it worse. 
Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, so at Thistle Farms, we're all part of humanity that had our innocence taken. I think almost 100% of the people definitely that have been in the program, but also everybody that sits in our circle, we know that story of what it means to have our innocence taken at six or seven years old. How do you navigate that, Becca? Oh, my God. I'm so grateful for it now. You are? Yes. Please tell me why. Because, I mean, I would never have chosen that for my life to have have that history for my my best memory is that it started at six with this particular guy that was one of the elders in the church it lasted until I was nine but then there was what happens when you get when that stuff happens when you're little then you're kind of marked for that kind of life for a while so I had it happen I was trying to remember I think it's about five other people within the church Mm-mm, just um, it was everything from a friend's father, a friend's uncle, um, a boss, a teacher, and um, a chaplain intern. And it went my last, I don't count past 18, because then I think I was kind of compliant in that. But all I'm saying is that, so what I'm grateful for, this is what I'm grateful for. And I've heard this from many of the women I sit in the circle with at Thistle Farms. It's like, um, I never would have uh, my heart that I have now if I hadn't gone through that. I have known so much forgiveness and compassion. You know, I married a man when I was like 24 years old. And I was still... Um, I, my body was still full of landmines and he loved me all the way through that. And it's like, I have a fierce love for him. And I don't know that that would have been there. I had a fierce compassion for women on the streets and started a movement that has grown to help whatever 1800 women a year that never would have happened if that hadn't happened to me. Um, I'm a fierce defender um, for women in prison and get to walk in there and have a conversation that I never would get to have if that hadn't happened to me. I can, I can see the gospel and preach the gospel in a certain way and feel grounded um, because I know what it's like to feel like the outcast. So there was a lot of pain in it and, I did horrible stuff too after that. I mean, I was very um, manipulative and all of that stuff for, you know, my high school year and the years I was in high school. But I want to say that I think that there, with all of that, there were more gifts. Does that make sense? There were gifts in it. I'm not afraid of pretty much anything. Wow. Wow. And you came back to God full force with it. That's the miracle. Never left God. Never. You never, you never got mad. You never ever. Because sometimes I find myself angry with God. I'm like, how is this? Listen, there's a lot of issues in this world, a lot of stuff to be mad about. I can promise you for me, God was never my issue. Really? Mm -mm. God has always been love for me. And that has been one of the biggest gifts that I would like to give anybody that's listening, anybody. If there is one gift, it is, you know, because of God, 
you know, I felt loved in the midst of that because of God, you know, um, I was not lost. And I knew that from like seven, eight years old. I remember I have this vivid memory of lying on my bed thinking about what if there wasn't God at seven years old and then going like, well, that's ridiculous. Like my feet were up on the wall and I was like, why would you think that that is ridiculous? So this big gift in my life is that God has never been my issue. God is love. God is with me always. And I mean, I just want to tell you like all that this is happening. God is on your side. Is it just human nature? Like, what is it? Like, how are we so terrible? Is it just because we don't do know how think? to, do we just not know how to deal with our little bit of power that we have? Is that what it is? Like, we're given this power as a human being to make choices. And is it just because we don't know how to handle it? What is it? You know, I think some of the stuff, stuff we walked out of the desert with, right? And, you know, my job is not, and I'm very clear that my job is not to try to solve the oldest, what they call it, the oldest form of abuse or profession in the world or the oldest way that we have scarred one another or the universal issues, the way women have endured violence. You know, I don't believe that my job is to eradicate that. What I think my job, so I don't try to understand that part of it. Like what is it um, in humanity that wants to cause suffering in another human being or the innocence, like you say, but I think my, job in this world is and has been for 30 years now you're gonna make me cry is to say to anybody out there is that that does not make you unloved that doesn't make you um unworthy and you don't have to stay in that situation there are other options and there's other places to be in this world you know, part of the reason it's been so powerful, whether it's child sexual abuse or the human trafficking or sexual assault and violence on women, is because we keep those things ridiculously secret. It's stupid that it's secret. I mean, like, if somebody takes your purse, you tell everybody. Yes. If somebody feels your butt, you feel scared <laughs> to say anything. It's like, yes. what is that? What is it? I don't know, because it allows perpetrators to, to do that to another hundred people. So for me, my whole journey has been about reminding us and creating spaces so that women can do that heroic journey of healing. Wow. Do you think we're getting too heavy? <laughs> I feel like we're getting so heavy. Oh, I know. Nobody's going to listen to this. No one. No one is going to listen to this. You've made me. I need to show you juggling. Okay, so tell me something funny. I don't know, but I just feel <laughs> just to everybody out there, I promise you, I promise you there's joy in healing. I promise you that doing this hard work of ranting brings hope. I just, I don't, I don't want it to feel so heavy like I don't want to do this or I'm already burdened. I want to say, and... You know, when you sit around and talk about sometimes, like, I pro we laugh as much at Thistle Farms as we cry. Yeah. And does that make, I don't know. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think what you do, if, if, if we've gotten too heavy, it's completely my fault because oh, I am living in just a heavy, heavy place right now. 
And I'm sorry, I drug you into my whirlwind of an ocean. <laughs> no, I love it. I think, but you know, I really resent um, beautiful criers. I don't really like that. <laughs> oh God, I, well, you're nice to say that. Um, Could be your eyelashes. This fake eyelashes. Listen, that made me feel good. You know why I went and got freaking fake eyelashes put back on? Not because I'm seeing anyone. I wear sweatpants or workout pants every day. I haven't put on makeup in months. They made me feel good. So I put on eyelashes and I was like, why not? It makes me happy. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> you. I love it. I, I promise you I love it. I think what you do so well, Becca, I think this is why I'm, I'm so drawn to you and so many people are drawn to you and probably why you're a priest and why you have Thistle Farms where you help all these people who need light in their life. You are so good at having both sides of the coin having the heart and the action to make a difference where there is so much suffering and so much work that needs to be done. You are the hands and feet and you're in the trenches loving and helping and serving and building a loving community of people who had terrible things happen to them that they kept in private for so long or whatever. And like you are making it a light, joyful, amazing place. And you also but people can come to you with their suffering and you can make it light and beautiful. And you also can find humor and that, and you've also lived through things yourself and stayed close to God. Like you are this miracle of a human that can handle all this heaviness and still create joy from it and love from it and light from it. And I feel like that is why I gravitate towards you all the time. And I know so many people do because you have this ability to do that. And that is a, just a blessing to this earth and I am thankful for it. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say that I just want to say this though. This is what I was thinking when you were saying all that is that that is um so kind and what I love is that I am like what I think our biggest role is for each other is just to be what you're doing is you're hosting and that's what I want to do for other people is host them and let them be a hero. And so for you to do that for me is humbling because that is my whole goal. Like I really hate the idea that like we rescue people from the streets or we rescue people from prison. It's like we get to be a host and the women get to be the hero of their own story. And the fact that you do that for so many people is a beautiful thing. And I hope more and more of us um, do that for each other and with each other is to say, I'll be your host and let you be a hero for a minute. <laughs> That's really amazing. I love that. Cause then also someday when we walk in the woods, I'll be your host and you can be the hero. That's really, that's really a powerful thing to do for someone. Yeah. And that's what you just did. So thank you. Well, I thank you. Um, how, how, how did you get Thistle Farms going? Where did this dream come from? I, I know it came from your own experience, but how did you put this dream into a reality and turn it into this absolutely beautiful space for women that makes the most incredible products? The short, side, the short story of this is um, basically that I was sick of seeing programs that wanted to solve the world's problems. I wasn't interested in that. I would not have been helped by that. And I thought about what I would want done for me if I was coming out of prison or off the streets, which easily could have happened, just so you know. That was easily a possibility in my life. Um, and 
I thought I would want a really nice house and I want really nice, like a bed and sheets that no one else had slept on. I would want no one telling me what to do. And then I would want money. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would want personally. I don't know what you would want, but I'd be like going to need good bath and body care products. <laughs> I need a nice comforter. I need everybody to leave me the hell alone. Yes. And stop telling me what to do because I've had prison guards telling me what to do. People on the streets making me do jump through hoops for a pair of socks. Just leave me the hell alone. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I opened a house of women and said, you can come stay here for two years. It won't cost you a penny. We'll give you a stipend if you stay. And there'll be no authority that lives in the house with you. There'll be just five women, your five sisters. And all the rest of us will be um, your servants. We'll be the host and you be the hero, right? Wow. Right. And so all these bossy women came in and then they just ran the damn thing the way they wanted to. And they made me. Literally, Regina Mullins, one of the first women that became the national director, within six months, made me open another house for her friends. And she basically, and many of her amazing survivor leaders, developed the program. So what happens at Thistle Farms, it was grown by the women who first came through the program with a dedicated um, group of advocates and survivors themselves. And it's grown into this beautiful, beautiful community that I'm a very, very small part of. I mean, I'm the, they call me founder and president because they're nice, not because I deserve it. And, you know, it's like the main thing I get to do now is help other groups of women start small enterprises, you know, in small pockets in the world and connect all the women and connect the story. Wow. And while the women are there, they're, they're given the chance to have a job and make all these products. Like Thistle Farms is also a product line of the most incredible skincare, soaps, essential oils, books, clothes. This is the key right here to the pandemic. This is the immunity oil. Is that your favorite one? Well, it's antiviral. Oh. It saved me because I put this not just on me, which you can do, so it wards off all the evil spirits. But also, I put it on my mask. So I changed this suffocating mask into a spa day. So oh. I put it on my mask and put it on my face and I breathe it in. And it helps. It really helps me because I feel like I'm suffocating. Wow. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. We make all kinds of stuff. And thank God that a lot of what we do is considered essential work. So we could keep our online products for sale, you know, if somebody wants to do one kind thing for us, buy our soap. Where can they go buy it? Where's the place to go? Hang on a second. Oh, love heals. This is and it, take a photo. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what it is the best smelling soap and products out there. It really is, and it's made with love. It's incredible. Where can people go to buy it? Thistle Farms. Like, is it thistlefarms.com? Thistlefarms.org, sorry. Thistlefarms.org. Sorry. I should know that. And what um, does Thistle Farms mean? Because I know there's a big meaning on why you chose that for the name. I just chose it because that was the last flower blooming out in the alleys and the streets where the women were walking and turning tricks and 
sleeping. And I thought, um, they're beautiful. I mean, they're these noxious weeds that have a history of survival by brutality. You know, they have those thorns. But also, they're just stunning, and they have this deep purple center. And I thought, that is symbolic to me of the women I was meeting. And I love creation. I love all natural stuff. Um, and so I wanted to name it something um, to remind us that you can take some of the remnants or the weeds and remember how beautiful they are. And there were no weeds in Eden. Just everything is beautiful. What have you learned from being a priest? What have I learned from being a priest? The institutional church is messed up. Um, no. What have I learned? I've learned that the vast majority of humanity is incredibly kind and that people don't have to be nice to you and they are that there's so much good in this world. And if anybody thinks that when you swipe left on your phone and that news feed is the actual reality of this world, why would you get out of bed? But if you get to be a priest and get to be in a lot of communities and see all the kindness, or if you have a podcast like yours, and you get to see a lot of kindness and good work, it makes you want to get up and get out of bed and do nice things. Yeah. How have you felt God in your life? Like, have you ever physically felt the presence of God around you? No, oh, look, I'm looking at God right now. Oh, God. Uh, this is like the... the the, the emotional Take breakdown part. Take it. You're sweet. Thank you. I'm serious. I believe that. I believe that that is that close to us. And if we are willing to look and see. I think we all are God. I believe that. I believe that. I mean, like it's, I mean, it's, it's, we are, we are made in our creator's image. And so, you know, that's the best, closest we'll get this side of eternity. Eternity. Anyway. I know this is like a really big question, and you can probably laugh at me for saying it, but like what is the point of us being here? Why couldn't we just stay in heaven with all the purity and all the good love and light? Like why did we come here? Like I, I know that's like a really probably naive, dumb question to ask, but like I still can't just figure it out. Don't you think that um, everything about love calls for life? I mean, you would never have met Sunny. That's true. But would we have just been there I mean, already together? I don't know that it's like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm a literal believer in, you know, I do believe our journeys begin and end with God. But um what heaven looks like or what that was before how how we are part of the memory of god and how we are one with god you know there's a lot uh, for me at least a lot of metaphor in that <laughs> and I, I try to be okay with the idea that i surrender this life to love and trust whatever's coming so again i don't live in the like why are we here it's like I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so grateful that I got 
to um, meet my sons, Levi Hummin, Caney Hummin, Moses Hummin. I'm so glad I got to um, I got to see a million sunrises and sunsets and smell the thistles and learn that they're actually good for my liver, discovering all that good stuff. You know, I mean, I just think it's like it's a huge, wonderful discovery. So instead of asking why, I just say, you know, I'll take it for how long I get it. Wow. Wow. And then when it comes to the suffering, how do you navigate with that? Do you just do your work where you can do it? Mm-hmm. You know, we get, we get through it. That's what we do. We find friends. We make work. We um, go to good therapy. We, you know, we all bound, do all of it. But what I was trying to say, what I wanted to end with was, was this idea that none of this stuff lives in silos. It's integrated into my body. It's integrated into your body. So the joy, hope, despair, sadness, acceptance, anger fear all of that is integrated into this person and like you were saying that you were remembering your grandfather who died to say that all of that what what i believe at least is like part of what we love is the idea that your grandfather had this nickname for you or your grandfather knew you he knew all of you and loved you so what I think the best we can do to integrate all those pieces into one thing is to make the boldest claim we can make, which is we are known. We have peace. We are known. Even though we have all of this stuff going on in us, we have that knowledge. Because like your grandfather loved you, like you love Sonny, you embrace this person to try to know them and that is how our creator treats us knowing all of that stuff knowing Sonny's going to go through puberty and puberty and roll her eyes at you or whatever's going to happen it's like I know her I love her and so I don't want to think like you have to balance it all you don't have to do it all you don't have to be amazing at it all but you have to remember and I have to remember that we are known in the way that grandpas and mothers love us. That's really that's amazing. True. Yeah, that's, that's really what amazing. I think. Becca, it is a true honor to me that you would come on here and share your heart <laughs> and soul. I mean, I know how much you give of yourself to the world and how much energy that takes. And the fact that you will come and give an hour of your time and your heart to me, like that really means a lot to me, matters to me. I appreciate it. I look up to you so much and I just think you are such a huge example and shining light to this world and we're so lucky to have you in Nashville as just the light that you are and as a woman, a mother, a leader, it's just you are a rare, rare bird and a huge blessing. So thank you and I appreciate you. I always end my podcast with leave your light. So what do you want people to know? Um, I just want to say that thank you. And I love all our little back and forths on Instagram. It's my favorite. And I take this as a pinky promise that we're going to walk in the woods someday to celebrate your 37th year. I would like to cleanse with you, if you will. I'm happy to. And so um, what, what's my light? Leave your light. And it's just what do you want people to know? Oh, I want people to know that 
anything you create, especially in this pandemic, anything you create is a, is a, is a beam of light. So whether you are making a face mask, hand sanitizer, a loaf of bread, you're making um, a nice neat pile out of a big mess, you are making um, your dog look shiny by brushing, whatever it is you are creating on this day, you are doing enough. Wow, that is such a message of peace. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Becca. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me. You're amazing. Bye. Bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.